five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Home podcast, your premier podcast covering both the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, joining you for the very first time in 200 episodes, not counting all the bonus episodes. Like we count those, it's like well over 200, but this is episode 200 and I'm joined virtually as always by Ani at Ani Strife and Jordan at Sir Dr. Jam, the host of the One Man Watchpoint podcast. Welcome, gentlemen. 200. Oh my goodness. I feel yeah. old. Yeah. yeah. You look it. <laughs> oh, but guess wow. who's guess who guess who is going to look older oh, when this show goodness. goes live? Oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Happy the birthday, big, Omni. Thank you. The big three five. I mean it's not that bad. Uh, the, the the ear hair is still controllable. Mm. Um I only have one nagging injury, so mm. it's kind of still in my prime, I'd say. <laughs> Man, I remember when I was 35. When Actually, I was I 35. Is there a Is there a part where he sings that Sinatra in his song? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> doesn't it doesn't sound familiar, but I mean Sinatra sang a whole load of stuff, so very well could be. Um we're not here to talk about uh, Frank, though. We are here to talk about the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans, uh, as well as what's going on in the Overwatch League, the Midseason Madness Tournament, all this fun stuff. And uh, we have a special guest that's going to be joining us next episode, which we're going to talk about when we get into the payload. Moving the payload! Join me! So as we know, last week, uh, Toronto Defiant had made some changes to their roster. They had decided that uh, something needed to to happen and uh, some adjustments were made well they have since announced the addition of two more players uh, that being opener and spectra both of which who are either coming to or soon to be en route to uh, canada joining the uh, the team in the six i can't say I know a whole lot about Spectra. We obviously know a little bit about Opener, uh, and the meta suggests that the Defiant need to go and bring in Closer now, and the meme is complete. <laughs> but is this what Toronto needs to fix what ills them? Well, they needed some change, so hopefully it's positive. Yeah, technically, they need to uh, you know, have enough players to play the game. So I, I guess signing players is a good one. It, it's an interesting pickup for sure because mm-hmm. it's basically admitting, I wouldn't say like defeat, but admitting like, okay, we're changing our big uh, idea of running you know, a whole mm-hmm. Western squad with pre-existing relationships and synergies. Spectra is a flex DPS. Obviously, he'll step in into that Genji, Hanzo, Echo, um, kind of what Sam was doing for the team and and opener. We've seen him play in Owl before. He'll be do he'll he'll do the main support role. And kind of going back to my point, now I'm curious to hear two two uh, things. Like, what's the goal really? What's the the long term process if there is one really? And you mentioned them coming to North America. Like, how's that going to work? Logistics, visas, is it going to be like uh, a nightmare or not? Uh, hopefully yeah. not. It's it's funny. I was talking to someone uh, in the Toronto scene about... Someone's uh, in Toronto? Cool. Oh, my gosh. Is about that exciting? These, Wouldn't that be great? 
I was talking to a person in the Toronto scene about uh, these pickups before they were announced. And I had actually speculated that um, they would be picking up from North American contenders simply because I was very much like, if player doesn't have a visa now, there's no way they're picking up someone who is overseas and has to make their way to Toronto. So I was very much proven wrong uh, very quickly with, with these two announcements. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the basis of my point of not believing they would go with a blended roster. Yeah. It was truly oh, yeah. logistical. Yeah, totally. No, it, it was surprising and shocking. Um, before this, I, wow, surprising and shocking. Imagine that. Before this, I, uh, was just, uh, just listening to the, the start of another Overwatch podcast, uh, that I'm sure nobody's familiar with. And, uh, they were saying that, uh, both of these players have played on mixed rosters. Um, both of them are, fluent in English and communicate very well. So I don't think that's so much of a concern, but uh, surprising nonetheless. Mm -hmm. Now on the note of visas, it's not like it's impossible to get them. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just, there's some complexity. And if there's one thing working for the Toronto defiant is we now know when the season will resume, they've got three weeks to get them here. True. And, and on top of that, I mean, Canadian visa, I have to assume a little bit easier than an American visa. I don't know how things work with the Overwatch League being an American product versus, you know, a mm-hmm. Canadian team playing in them. I don't know how all that goes, but maybe it's a little easier because it's Canada as opposed to the U.S. Who knows? Arkow seems to think Koreans have um, a much easier opportunity getting a visa in Canada than uh, in the United States. Yeah, that's basically what I'm kind of thinking. So fair enough. And I mean, Arkow knows all. Ar- Arkow, indeed. Off the rails slightly, it was suggested that uh, I think it was um, Liz that had commented like the Overwatch League has been having issues with rules and what have you, and it would help them significantly if they were more transparent. Posted it because Arcow would sleuth out all the issues and get that mm. sorted. That's that's interesting. Yeah, I know. Um, Yiska from GG Recon went off kind of about a lot of that stuff. There was uh, I, I don't know if we're planning to talk about, but. There was some controversy around the rulings of, uh, you know, 17 uh, being the minimum cutoff age mm-hmm. and all that confusion around the league. Apparently, there's been some some back and forth about what is allowed and isn't allowed, and it's not exactly clear. And Yisko was saying that, you know, this league would greatly benefit from a lot of this information being public because ultimately public means they're held accountable. If they came out and if we could see the rule book and we could see you know, roster construction rules in every detail, not just the basics that were given, then it would make a lot more of this clear. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's a little, I don't want to say secretive, because I don't think it's intentional. It's, a, it's mysterious. But it's mysterious, for sure. Yes. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Um, the other uh, news uh, is that uh, with the release of the schedule, we do know when the Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant are back in action, which, again, we'll get into um, closer to that point. It's midway through July. Uh, but what we thought it would be cool to uh, mention is that there are going to be not just one, but two Battles of Canada. Uh, the two teams face off both on July 15th, when things get underway, uh, and then as well on, again, August 27th, near to the end of uh, whatever this stage is called. Have they given it a name? Second it- stage. <laughs> No, actually, on the website, it says summer stage. There you go. Summer. Spring stage, and then summer stage. Second summer stage. Well, I guess mm-hmm. that wouldn't make sense. Then it would be the second of the summer, so. 
Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, battles of Canada are always good. Um, I mean, if, if there's anything that, uh, you know, plays into this is that we are going to see a shift in meta. Uh, we're obviously getting a, an updated patch, uh, into the, the competitive scene. Uh, one that we've been experiencing now for what a month, two, something like that. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. they they obviously have been seeing it, but but in, in production, but not in the the competitive sense. Well, and on on the Overwatch League side, they're skipping an entire patch as well, right? They never will play on the the Junker Queen dominant meta that was here for a hot minute, seemingly. So, yeah, the mid the mid season or mid stage patch that yes, uh, yeah, reduced her uh, efficacy. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um. The other thing that, uh, I mean, I maybe it's worth mentioning is that there is some scuttlebutt about strength of schedule. I didn't really put this in the rundown, um, but I started to see the conversation take place over the afternoon. Um, it is interesting when you look at the schedule, who plays who and how many teams play certain teams twice. It wasn't something we saw a whole lot of within the spring stage. Mm. Um, the argument put forth is that, well, Teams are now playing more within sort of their tier, so to speak. Hmm, interesting. Um, but uh, Baroy had uh, gone through and, and crunched uh, a lot of the numbers as it pertains to where a team exists in the standings today um, and then calculated strength of schedule based on uh, if it was a balanced schedule to what it is in an unbalanced world. And the Vancouver Titans have a, a tougher schedule, uh, than, uh, you know, teams below them. Um, but not considerably so. Um, but then you look at, you know, teams like the shock who have it actually considerably easier, um, because they're a little bit lower. So, I mean, it's, it all comes into play, but I mean, this is the overwatch league. Nothing ever is consistent. And obviously the schedule got, uh, you know, written down on a, a piece of, uh, paper or a napkin at a diner table of some sort. Omni posting in chat more news. What is the news, Omni? Oh, what? Where? There's a little bit of a update oh. on the USA yeah. Overwatch. Um, Aspire has been called up from the reserves. I actually I saw this and I had failed to include it because uh, Speedily and OG got bounced to reserve and apparently OG yes. discovered that based on the tweet. <laughs> oh boy. There you go. So it's both like Toronto and Vancouver news, I guess. So yeah. <laughs> what about speedily? Is he still like considered reserves? I guess. Or yeah. They, uh, not they actually tweeted um, sugar free. I don't remember. I haven't seen him bumped up. Like I haven't seen that comment or tweet yeah. or anything like that. So RuPaul though, is, is, is a massive pickup. I, I, I think, mm-hmm. uh, Overwatch World Cup action is going to be uh, starting this week, if I recall. So mm-hmm. you can get skins and all sorts of fun stuff watching Hell Canada yeah. and U.S. And uh, I don't know who else is in it, because honestly, I'm not as invested in the Overwatch World Cup as I once was. Is it just me, or does it feel like it's almost like difficult to find the information on it? it well, that is competitive overwatch in a nutshell it's right. difficult to find information about <laughs> yes. anything it it feels a lot to me like there should be maybe there is that i'm just not aware of but an overwatch world cup governing body if you will yeah, which it's Activision promotes Blizzard. well yeah fair enough 
but similar to how the Overwatch League themselves will promote matches that are coming up and will put out the schedule and things like that, it seems like there should be an equivalent for the World Cup that says, mm. hey, are you interested in at Team Belgium? Here's their schedule or something like that, but a central place to follow this because right now it seems to me like you want to follow watch, uh, you want to follow Team Canada, you got to follow the Team Canada account and yeah. maybe whoever's running their social media will be posting regularly, but they also probably have a full-time job and maybe they won't yeah. be. And, you know, you got to follow Team Belgium if you're interested in them and Team Spain. And it just feels like there could be a lot more promotion in a more central way as opposed to these individually scattershot kind of teams. So, yeah, it may, I mean, it used to be the case when BlizzCon was like a big deal and the Overwatch World Cup was a huge part of that. So we saw that a lot. We're, we're going to get some info, obviously, but maybe a day or two before it actually commences. Yeah, yeah fair enough. And, just, uh, I'm, I'm just honestly happy it's happening at all oh, at yeah. this point. So I, I am too. I just like, I would like to yeah. be more in the know on it, honestly, without having with to... You you know, actively go out and be like, okay, when are they playing? Who are they playing against? Where do I got to find this? I wish there was just a, you know, even a singular website where I could find all these answers would be great. But isn't, isn't there, you tell me that's the, exactly the fact of you saying, isn't there to me says that even if there is people aren't super in the know on it. I seem to think there is a website. Um, I remember there was one to apply I, to, you know, have your team and everything like that. But yeah, like I, 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 cause I, I, I want to say there was, cause I thought I do recall checking it. It had absolutely nothing on it at the time. So Here it's we like, go. Overwatch World Cup dot com. Yeah. See, I don't know if it's opening, but I know I, I'm, I just trying, just trying to open it too. And there's mm-hmm. Liquipedia. So <laughs> Liquipedia <laughs> is always, always for the rescue. Yeah. Um, one final note before we dive into the fray. We said there'll be a special guest joining us uh, for our 201st episode. Uh, and we're pretty excited to announce that uh, Adam Adamo, a friend of the show, supporter from day one, also happens to be, you know, one of the co-owners of the Toronto Defiant uh, with Overactive Media. Uh, he is the, um, can't remember what his official title was before his current title, which is interim CEO. He is going to join us uh, and talk a little bit of what's going on in uh, Toronto. Uh, as uh, he shared, uh, he loves coming on to the Canadian, uh, you know, Overwatch uh, League podcast and spill the juice. So, you know, take that for whatever it's worth. You know, the juice might already be spilled and he's simply telling us there it is, or it could be that there's other juice that he's bringing to the, mm, the show. No, I trust Adam. He's, he always brings the juice. Plus, he's been uh, pretty, let's put it mildly active around the scene uh, recently. So I'm I'm really um, looking forward to this episode. Yeah. So again, you'll you'll hear him uh, in a a week's time. Uh, but uh, until then, you have us going uh, after a short break into the fray. Season Madness Tournament is complete, and uh, no surprise, the team that everyone and their dog had picked to win it won it. The Atlanta Rain, 4-1. Over the who? Houston Outlaws. Um, the 
interesting thing about how I think the tournament worked is that there were a couple bracket busters. Um, we did see some really good play. Um, we got to see an early C9 in the tournament. Um, but we also got some rollovers. Like, you know, there were three, three Overwatch or four, three Overwatches, uh, a couple, three ones. Uh, but the Atlanta Houston match, which I think people would have thought would have been closer considering Atlanta squeaked by uh, the day before, didn't feel anywhere near as close. I mean, again, 4 1, but it wasn't like, well, oh, they were they were in it and Atlanta just clutched it. It was just, right. the, Houston the win- never seemed to be as close. Yeah, the winner's finals was kind of like the real finals almost and how competitive it was. Mm hmm. Yeah, but uh, just to recap, if you weren't paying attention uh, in uh, winners round one, the Hangzhou Spark beat the Florida Mayhem 3-2, and the Houston Outlaws beat the Boston Overwatch 3-0. Uh, Atlanta then got to take on Hangzhou, 3 Overwatch them, and Houston took on the Infernal and quote-unquote upset them, 3 Overwatch. <laughs> Down in losers round two, the Florida Mayhem beat the Infernal 3-2, the Boston Uprising beat the Hangzhou Spark 3-1. We already talked about it, but Atlanta beat Houston in winner's round 3-3-2, putting themselves into the final. And then the rest of the losers round was a Florida 3 overwatch of Boston, a Houston 3-1 over Florida, and then, as we know, Atlanta 4-1 over Houston. If there was any controversy, uh, it was announced just before the actual tournament took place when we learned that the Hangzhou Spark were not going to be able to make the trip due to immigration issues. Uh, simply put, I guess they had visa issues and they elected to play quote unquote at home. Um, this meant on ping. There's a trade off there because you're obviously in your own setup, more comfortable as opposed to the generic league provided uh, equipment. But going into this tournament, Hangzhou had already expressed some concern over seating and then immigration throws a, a wrench into things too. So mm-hmm. they had one good game in them and they beat mayhem so that was cool mm-hmm. uh all in all it was very interesting uh watch uh obviously like atlanta and houston are a tier above everyone else clearly atlanta is even better than houston and i'm just curious to see uh, like what's go- what's going to go down going forward like if we're still in that sombra meta um uh, with yeah. lip and and with uh how well uh stalker was playing like phew, I don't see anyone slowing these guys down, but mm-hmm. maybe if we see a shakeup in the meta, maybe Houston can uh, potentially uh, catch up. Who knows? Yeah, it was it was honestly pretty crazy seeing how well Atlanta played. Um, you know, even keeping their cool in their in that winners round three match that sent Atlanta to the finals, um, managing to you know pull out the three two win. Uh, like you said, you know that match was. I think most people would say more competitive than the final match, right? It seemed like, um, and, you know, granted, Houston had to play two games on Saturday. So first they had to win against Florida. Then they had to play against Atlanta. So fatigue and stuff like that. But, you know, um, it really felt like Atlanta looked at their previous match the day before against Houston and said, what mistakes did we made? How can we be better? And, you know, how can we hammer these guys into the ground? And honestly, they did, you know, yes, they made mistakes and Houston was able to take advantage of those. But I think with both of those teams, that's kind of 
you know, the key is if they make mistakes and you take advantage of them, you might come out on top. But if you can't take advantage of the mistakes that they make, you don't stand a chance, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you have to be able to prey on those minor things that they do wrong to really come out ahead. Um, and Houston showed us obviously that Atlanta has the juice. That's for sure. I think it's fair to say Houston was the second seed. They simply weren't the second seed, mm -hmm. right? Like you, you look at how dominant these two teams are from the West. Right. Yeah. And because the East was given an automatic, the soul infernal were there. So Houston having been as dominant, simply falling short, not being as good as Atlanta in sort of the spring season or spring stage had to play five matches. Mm -hmm. They had to win two on the Friday they lost one on the Saturday. They had to win two on the Sunday, or mm -hmm. as we experienced it, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But I, I don't necessarily believe there's fairness in that model. But, you know, Houston did show up. And I think the correct team won overall. But mm -hmm. maybe there was fatigue, right? Like, yeah, Atlanta played three. Yeah, it's true. And, and we always see that with with the double M brackets that they like to do in the overwatch league. Right. So. Well, it's, it's not so much the issue with the double elim like that part I get, but when you're Houston, like Houston record wise was better than the, the soul infernal. Oh, I see. You're, you're talking soul. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like you're, you're talking that, the seating because there was less, you know, or more teams in the West to place in the seating. Yeah. Correct. And so, I mean, the way the league is approaching this is that you have this East and this West, but I think this tournament showed us that the West is a dominant force. Yeah. Uh, They're like, not equal right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, also there were some, you know, some top, I, I say contenders, I don't mean contenders teams, but there were some top teams that, you know, missed out on this tournament entirely. Um, you know, what would gladiators have been able to do if they'd made it in here? Even, I mean, Washington had the same record as Gladiators. Would they have been able to shake things up at all, step up in any way? Um, so, overall, I mean, I, I thought it was a really fun weekend. Um, Atlanta is a fun team to watch because they are so good. And, yeah, a, a few upsets as well, I'd say. So, overall, it was, it was good. It was fun. Agreed. Now, schedule doesn't get underway until uh, July. It's the week of July 13, uh, when the mayhem take on the, uh, the outlaws. Um, but until then we have, as we already know, overwatch world cup action, and there's likely going to be some adjustments in, uh, the, uh, both East and, and West. Uh, so we have seen, um, Seoul dynasty make some changes. They made some further changes, uh, cutting Sonjun, uh, Washington announced that they were cutting FD God and in uh, his place added Donghun. Got what? Three weeks to go. Their rumor is FD God might be going somewhere. Um, so that may have been a, you know, the, uh, goodbye in preparation for the mm -hmm. welcome. I was going to say that one, that one surprised me. Um, you know, the other ones I didn't really, hadn't heard much about, but FD God did surprise me. I didn't think he had been playing terribly or anything like that and certainly i didn't expect washington to be making any changes so yeah but um the other thing actually i should probably go back to is uh the brackets um no one had a perfect bracket oh i didn't know that 
well, there was like only two left after like the first night. I did hear that. Hmm. I got 12 points. Whew. How about you, Alex? I got 17, which I did submit. Gross. How'd you get I'm 17? Well, you know, when did I you, submit- so did you predict the spark beating the man? I, yes, I got three, oh. like exactly the three, two. Dang. Because okay. like to get that number, you would have had to have had a pretty solid winner's. Yeah. My entire winners is green. Uh, only mistakes I've had is believing in, uh, you know, the infernal against the mayhem, mm. and then elimination round uh, two. I predicted the mayhem to beat. Uh, oh, sorry, infernal to beat the bo- uh, uprising. I, I just uh, overvalued a bit. Uh, soul, <laughs> soul. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I think Chris. It sounds like you and I had the same problem. Where my my only failure in the winners round. Uh, yeah, was that first have. match of Florida? But and Hong Kong. Once you br- once you but lose a winners, it breaks your yeah, losers totally. quite it a bit. Sucks. Totally, my entire losers except for one match was was wrong. So, yeah, I got the winner right. As did I. I. I almost forgot that you could like put four one as a score. So I, it didn't even occur to me to do that. So I went four two. Well, but I had the score right. I simply oh. had the wrong team <gasps> in the in the final. final. Oh, you did. Who did you have? Yeah, I had Hangzhou. I, oh, I believed in them, put the faith. and I'd, I'd locked us in before I learned that they weren't traveling. Like, yeah, I don't know enough. if that would have changed things, but right. giving them the benefit of the doubt, they would probably perform a bit better. But I don't know if they, you know, made it to the finals or. Well, I, I felt that they would be playing with a chip on their shoulder. Well, they played Boston. Imagine if they had beat out Boston. Hmm. That would have been fun. Silence all the Boston fans. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um back into league news however uh cheng dun is cheng is done um if you didn't notice it the chengdu hunters are officially no more the league had provided a statement to gg recon advising of the fact what's interesting is the league hasn't actually published that anywhere else though they did tweet out that if you want to get Chengdu Hunter skins in game, you better do it quick because they're going to be oh, pulled in the near future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's July 6th at 11 a.m. Pacific. Oh, heck. I'm going to get in there and get one. I got my Vegas skin or my get Get the uh, wrecking, skin. wrecking ball. Yeah, good point. Totally. Yeah. It's funny that like you you are actually allowed to keep it forever, which is kind of nice. I, I sometimes seldom see like a an old McDonald's Florida Mayhem oh, skin and stuff like that. It's so cool to see. I'm so jealous of people the past. that have that. Yeah. Um, there's no word on actually what happens to the franchise spot. Like, are they going to be selling it? Is that going to relocate? Um, does it even exist? Uh, what do you mean exists in our hearts no but like i'm not suggesting someone (laughs) all of a sudden becomes chengdu but like does that spot exist in a realm that comes next year we now have a new team taking their place like a real it would be a relocation would be very interesting to see where where actually i shouldn't i shouldn't presume it's going to be a relocation um it is it they're going to Calgary, obviously. Oh, okay. It'll be the you, the Calgary Chengdu's. What's the the prominent animal there? Is it like a? No, it's the Chengdu's. That's that's the, the team Chengdu's. Name. Oh, okay. yeah, the Calgary Chengdu's. Hmm. Well, I mean, the Calgary Zoo often has the pandas on display. Oh, they did. So they had pandas for yeah a couple of years there. Well, They're not there anymore. Correlation but, there. 
Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Uh, so uh, yeah, pour one out for uh, the the meta busting Chengdu hunters. <laughs> yeah, no more Chengdu zone. You know, I remember when the Vancouver Titans first took them on in that second season, and Alming decided that while well, ball's not working, <laughs> let me out bumper bumper no, on Ryan. He did, and. It was the first time that the Titans were given a, a serious run for their money. People were cheering for Chengdu. The Titans were the, you know, this, the, the bad boys of the league, this, this evil team everyone wanted to see fail. And I think they did beat us. Like, the, they didn't, not in that season. Oh, they didn't? No, but it was, that was the first time where, oh, the Titans might be fallible. But like Alming went completely on. ham on, on Reinhardt in that goats meta. And like, I describe it as out bumpering bumper, like bumper <laughs> played with his you know foot on the pedal, you know, balls to the wall. And Amings like, yo, hold my beer. <laughs> hold my ball. Well, pretty you know, much. Cause he then went Ryan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was, that was some good fun. I mean, and they, they were true of that, right? Like you think of a team, London has their sort of, familiarity obviously from last season but Chengdu every season when Aming was on the roster you knew Wrecking Ball was coming out and they played it as well as one could expect mm-hmm. so yeah oh good memories yeah that's right but uh, beyond that, um, not a whole lot else is going on. Um, there was a, a director's update from uh, Aaron Keller about the state of the game and production. Um, more so talking about the way the, the sort of season of battle passes are designed and how cosmetics are being provided. And it's still a work in progress and we're playing around with it. Talked a little bit about matchmaking and how people have this perception that matchmaking in non-competitive modes is not working, but their statistics show that it is, that it is balanced. It's just how uh, the system is designed where a team who snowballs tends to be far more dominant because they can then cascade alt after alt, which I guess is true. But I also wonder how much that snowball is um, advanced by the fact that I'm out. Leave game in non-competitive modes doesn't carry with it any form of even timeout. So, no real juice came out of the update. Yeah, kind of, kind of felt a little like, why are you putting this out? If you ask me, <laughs> I mean, yeah. in in a lot of ways, the the stuff about the matchmaking felt a little bit like Aaron Keller kind of defending his team in some ways, which I I don't have a problem with for sure. Like, you know, stand up for your your team and everything. But yeah, it felt like not much consequence. No. Um, the uh, uh, new mode uh, preview will be happening when this episode goes live. Um, but it does sound like it's a, a hard point style, um, you know, capturable area. And uh, I want to say during the broadcast of the mid season madness that they shared, it would be, included in the stage but i want to say it's happening in the stage which is contrary to what we were told would happen Mm -hmm. like now that we know the schedule i I, again i I don't know with with 100 certainty but it does feel that way anyhow i mean this is the overwatch league we're talking about they 
they change things on a weekly basis, it seems. So, yeah, short show. Not a whole lot going on as much as it feels like there may have been. Um, I think the bigger show is going to be what's happening uh, next week when Adam joins us. Yeah. I mean, for 200th episode, like, it's a half an hour. You should just, like... <laughs> I know, I felt like... Edit it edit to play, like, at half speed, you mm. know, and then it'll go the full hour. Or we could start talking like that, and maybe it's too late. Well, should I should have done that from the get. <laughs> Jordan was suggesting on Twitter that, uh, you know, the you know most memorable moment was him defeating sam and apparently now there's a fight to the death rematch over chicken nuggets or something like that so well all i'm saying is one of us is here and the other one isn't so true yet again he wasn't here much even when he was on the show so (laughs) (laughs) he hey he's technically won a bet that he was going to hold me to that we would talk about basketball all episode long and every opportunity that i've tried to provide him to have that episode he has passed on so that, that would have been a great uh, logo design for episode 200. Two and then oh, two basketballs yeah. as the zeros, right? Mm. Yeah, it could have been. Way to go, Sam. You got a chance. You're passing I mean, up. The NBA finals are kind of done now, so mm. oh, can still retrospect. He's Denver won? Yes, they did. My sons all, again failed. <laughs> but, yeah. See, the fact that I know who won... I mean, is that's like, already amazing. That's the most I can actually tell you about mm-hmm. uh, basketball. Though I am, I am a big fan of uh, the documentaries that we've seen about the Grizzlies um, from uh, a woman local here in Vancouver, Kat Janie. Um, really good uh, documentaries, and she actually not basketball related has one that you'll be seeing on an upcoming episode of ESPN's Thirty for Thirty uh, about uh, the Vancouver uh, riot that took place after the oh, twenty eleven. Wow. <laughs> uh, Stanley Cup final. Great. <laughs> Great look for Vancouver. Hey, I mean, there's, there are, there are, our podcast episodes galore. There's videos out there. Oh yeah. There's something about this city, um, and riots related to events. They, it happens. Like we're, we're pretty calm. Like, I mean, you look at Canada and there's stereotype, pretty peaceful uh, people, but like the Montreal Canadians hockey team, if they happen to like win a round, yeah, guaranteed a caught cars getting flipped over after that game. I guaranteed. Mean, I, I I I have to be honest with you. I slammed my desk pretty hard when we lost to the shock in those finals. And uh, was it already twenty twenty or was it still twenty nineteen? It was twenty nineteen. Yeah. So that was uh, yeah. It was a like bit the, aggressive. The, 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 the sure. desk slap heard around the world. <laughs> Definitely. I, I'm waiting for that thirty for a thirty on that. <laughs> well, it, it, it could happen. Just reach out to to Cat, and she'll you know sign you up, and we'll yeah, get to sure. to see uh, the not? the retrospective and the interviews of you know people like Lena could probably be there, you know, talking about you know how she felt after seeing you slap the desk so hard. Oh yeah, it was. And how you've you've changed now that you've become a father? I'm, and, I'm a, yeah, oh wow! I'm, I'm ashamed of who I was when I slammed that desk. Yeah. Anywho, here we are. End of a show. Thirty minutes extra. Five there as we're talking about all sorts of random stuff for episode two hundred. It's it's amazing that you know the episode that has significance carries with it short time I mean, frame. That's us where we trying to vamp for it. 
that's where we uh, truly shine. I remember that old uh, talk we had about uh, Bottomer and uh, <laughs> not too long ago. Yeah, yeah, it took took all of us. I was actually gonna ask, when I was gonna tweet at that out. I was like, you know, what is your your favorite moment? Uh, does it have to do with chicken? Mm. And I wasn't implying Sam. Basketball referees, you mean? <laughs> yes. Blowing too many fouls. Oh my goodness. There we are. Walked right into it. Uh, what final words of wisdom do you all have for everyone this week? Well, I actually thought of something um, when you were reminiscing uh, that game against uh, Chengdu. In their honor, I'll, I'll dedicate my final words uh, to them. I think that game was phenomenal, was was hilarious, and it was quite a pandemonium. Ooh. Panda. I see. <laughs> Jordan? Good one. Um I wouldn't say it's... Well, no, I suppose it could be words of wisdom. Uh, if you're looking to keep up with the Overwatch World Cup and you're not sure where to go, just go to overwatchworldcup.com. It's got all the answers. Wow. <laughs> this I'm is what I learned right during this, this episode. There's a convenient tab called Schedule. You can click on that and you will see that Thursday, June 22nd. We have Poland versus Turkey, Finland versus Saudi Arabia, Norway versus mm. Sweden, Iceland versus Germany, Belgium versus Great Britain, Italy versus France, Netherlands versus Spain, and Singapore versus Malaysia, all on the first day. So there you go. OverwatchWorldCup.com has all oh, you need good. to know about the Overwatch World Cup. Very pretty, too, with all the team crests and all it that. It is. Yeah. And actually, I saw someone uh, tweeting about the per- uh, might have been the person who designed them, but tweeting about the designs and everything is, is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, my dad joke is in a similar vein uh, to Omni, but um, if you've ever wondered how uh, pandas cook their dinner, uh, they use a pan. Duh. <laughs> Should have known. <laughs> um, you know, why do pandas save money printing photos? Because they're in black and white. Exactly. It's kind of easy. Uh, good job. Good job. Yeah. Uh, what did they call the panda that crapped on the party? Mm. <laughs> I'm not sure. That was a panda pooper. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, man. I like the dad joke segment. We yeah. should have a show just dad jokes. We should. You could you could be big on TikTok there. You just two dads sitting across the table from each other telling each other telling dad jokes. jokes. Yeah. 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 Two dads and a joke. Um, two dads, one joke. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're, you're wanting to find our back catalog on the website that remains broken and probably will never get fixed, it's readysetpone.com. The widget for the back catalog, it works. It actually looks really nice. That's because I didn't have anything to do with it. Uh, everything else around it, not so hot. Uh, you can obviously find us on the Twitters and most social media platforms at readysetpone. Uh, and we are in every podcast application out there. So subscribe and like and review and tell us how awesome we are or not. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you didn't hear earlier, I'm going to plug it again. Adam Adam, interim CEO of Overactive Media, will be joining us to talk about what's going on with Toronto. You'll hear him next week. But on behalf of Omni at Omni Strife, Jordan Esser, Dr. Jam, and the host of the One Man Watchbone podcast, myself, Chris at Night Force, signing off this episode with. Catchphrase!